Hello and welcome to ACS Chemical Biology's podcast for February 2012. I'm Jay Suarez, Managing Editor for the Journal. I encourage you to stop by our ACS Chemical Biology community site on the ACS Network by visiting www.acscbcommunity.com. Moving on to the current issue of ACS Chemical Biology, we highlight an in-focus manuscript by Tom Sackmar in memory of chemical biology pioneer and Nobel Prize winner Hargobind Kurana. This issue also features 20 research papers, including four wonderful review manuscripts by Julian Davies, Amy Rosenzweig, Jose Andreo, and Amy Anderson. I invite you to peruse these manuscripts. We're now joined by David Spiegel from Yale University, author of a manuscript in the current issue of ACS Chemical Biology. Hi, David. Hi, Jitesh. So your manuscript deals with enhancing the ability of the human immune system to target cancer cells. You achieved this by targeting the urokinase receptor on cancer cells. Could you tell us a little bit more about this receptor and your reasons for choosing this target? Sure. So we were really moved by uh, literature reports that this receptor, which is actually called the urokinase receptor or the urokinase plasminogen activator receptor, abbreviated UPAR, is really quite heavily overexpressed in numerous kinds of really invasive metastatic malignancies, including those of the breast, colon, stomach, and bladder. So this was a fairly widely distributed sort of target antigen that seemed to be heavily well overexpressed on these cancer cells, so to enable really selective targeting without off-target effects. It's actually also, that is, urokinase, which is also abbreviated UPA for urokinase plasminogen activator, has been the subject of a variety of drug discovery efforts in pharma and in academia. And in fact, there's a really good paper in ACS Chemical Biology of all journals recently, uh, I think it may be on the ASAPs right now, from Sammy Mirawat at Purdue University where they're basically looking at small molecules to inhibit the interaction between urokinase receptor and UPA or urokinase. We took a different tack. So UPA is a serine protease, and basically what it does is when bound to urokinase receptor on the surface of cancer cells, it actually eats through the extracellular matrix by way of converting plasminogen to plasmin, and that allows sort of metastatic cancer cells to invade the surrounding tissues. So we were very excited about the possibility of making a compound that could both inhibit the enzymatic activity of UPA and simultaneously target the urokinase receptor, or UPAR, for immune-mediated destruction. Okay, so before we get to your new methodology then, could you briefly describe for us some of the pioneering work in the recent past in using bifunctional molecules to direct the immune system to cancer cells? Oh, sure. Well, certainly um, happy to talk about some of our earlier work. And we're joined, of course, by a number of really extraordinary colleagues in this effort. So, of course, like any other kind of scientific program, we're always sort of standing on the shoulders of giants so that there's some terrific work from Carlos Barbas, Philip Lowell, or Kiesling, Peter Schultz, and many, many others that laid the foundation for what we've done. But our primary focus in my independent lab really has been 
on developing bifunctional small molecules, that is two-headed small molecules, that can redirect endogenous antibodies and other sort of components of the immune response to cancer cells and other pathological entities, including viruses and bacteria. What we've done is we've focused on a class of antibodies that's actually present already in the bloodstream of everyone, as far as we can tell. And these antibodies, they're called anti-DNP antibodies, and they recognize a very simple small molecule, 2,4-dinitrophenyl. It's actually 2,4-dinitrophenyl aniline, but it's abbreviated in the biological literature, 2,4-DNP. In any case, these antibodies are already in the bloodstream, and they're not really doing very much. And so what we have done is develop recruiting molecules that can bind these antibodies and redirect their cytotoxic functions to the surfaces of cancer cells and virus-infected cells. Previous to this work, we focused on targeting a protein called PSMA, or prostate-specific membrane antigen, expressed on prostate cancer cells. And we've also looked at HIV GP120, which is present on the surfaces of the HIV virus as well as virus-infected cells, so cells that are actually harboring the virus, and the virus is undergoing the process of budding from these cells. So really, those are our two main areas of focus in the kind of antibody recruiting paradigm or regime. And actually, we have some recent work that was also published in ACS Chemical Biology. I'm not a sort of company man. This is not a conspiracy but a lot of good work is published in ACS Chemical Biology, (laughs) where we, in collaboration with Peter Schultz, demonstrated that these antibody-recruiting molecules targeting PSMA on prostate cancer cells actually could be very efficacious in vivo in a xenograft model for PSMA expressing human prostate cancer. So those results are very exciting, and actually... Our prostate cancer work is now licensed by a biotech company, and we're looking to develop it into a a clinically useful agent. So that summarizes the work we've done in the past. Thanks for the shout-out on behalf of ACS Chemical Biology. And, 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 uh, That's we, certainly not, uh, not trying to overdo it. No, no, but we, uh, we certainly enjoyed reading up on the prostate cancer vaccine development, and that paper received a lot of media coverage. But coming back to this paper, could you briefly describe for us a novel application of this strategy? Sure. So really, we focused in the past on developing bifunctional small molecules, that is, synthetic organic molecules that could redirect endogenous antibodies to cancer cells. But this work, we wanted to do something a little bit different. So I have sort of unusual background. I actually went to medical school and did my PhD in organic chemistry. So I've done a fair amount in the clinic. And I remember from my uh, clinical work that urokinase, actually, which, of course, as I mentioned before, binds to urokinase receptors on cancer cells. Urokinase is actually also an FDA-approved drug in its own right. It's used as a thrombolytic agent, so it actually can cleave plasminogen to plasmin in the context of patients suffering from pulmonary emboli. This is when clots sort of prevent blood flow to the lungs, and it's actually a deadly condition. One of the treatments is urokinase. And so we felt that it might be interesting and possibly clinically tractable to simply modify the structure of this protein drug, urokinase, by inhibiting its enzymatic activity simultaneously with attaching an antibody recruiting motif to it. 
So even though it's a protein small molecule conjugate, we thought that this particular protein might be uniquely useful as a therapeutic agent because, in fact, it's already approved as a drug. So in any case, what we did was based upon some previous structural work that basically depicts the complex between, or actually covalent complex between urokinase and a tripeptide chloromethylketone inhibitor. We simply made the chloromethylketone inhibitor. It's a glue gly arge chloromethylketone. And we attached it again to 2,4-DNP, treated the protein urokinase with this chloromethylketone. What we saw essentially was that the enzymatic activity of urokinase went down to nothing and we made a chemically homogeneous characterizable conjugate, which we could then use to template a ternary complex between anti-DNP antibody and these urokinase receptor or UPAR expressing cancer cells. Okay, so then did you test the bifunctional construct against human cancer cell lines? We did, actually. This was one of the uh, really exciting and interesting parts of this project. We were sort of excited about the possibilities of this kind of construct to target various unrelated or pathophysiologically unrelated tissues. I mean, I should say they're pathophysiologically related to the extent that they're cancers, but because the tissues of origin are so different for cancers that overexpress urokinase receptor, we thought it would be important to test the efficacy in vitro or in tissue culture models of our construct against different kinds of cancer cells. So we looked at two different kinds of cancer cells, both human-derived cell lines. One of them is called HT29 cell line, which is derived from human colon cancer cells, and the other one is the A172 cell line, which is derived from human glioblastoma cancer cells. And what we found is, in fact, that our construct was capable of inducing both antibody-dependent cellular phagocytosis of both of these cell lines in a urokinase receptor-dependent and an antibody-dependent fashion, and also antibody-dependent cellular cytotoxicity, or abbreviated ADCC, against both of these cell lines. So basically, the long and the short of it is that our molecules were in fact active against human cancer cell lines through two different mechanisms of action, which really does speak well toward the possibility that these compounds will be efficacious in animal models, and hopefully, of course, in in humans. Yeah, those are some very exciting results. So my broader question to wrap things up is, what would it take for these bifunctional molecules to reach the clinic? That's a terrific question. You know, I think it's always a difficult hurdle to get any kind of molecule into the clinic, especially in this case, the molecule that we've developed is really a novel sort of chemical composition in that it's a protein small molecule hybrid, but also it's a novel mode of action. It's recruiting endogenous antibodies to do the job of cytotoxicity, and the molecules are not cytotoxic in their own right. But, you know, we're optimistic that, in fact, it might actually be sooner than we think that some of these molecules might enter clinical trials. As I mentioned before, the PSMA-targeted molecules have done very, very well in animal models for prostate cancer. And so we're excited about the possibilities of having those molecules enter clinical trials. But for the compounds here, I think there are a few additional enabling features. I mean, one of them has to do with the fact that these molecules are biologics. That is to say, they are partially biological macromolecule, in particular the urokinase part. And biologics are fairly trendy nowadays in pharma. It's actually some sort of 
and again, I'm not a sort of a pharma person, but my sense is that biologic agents can, at this stage, be easier in some cases to get through the FDA approval process than conventional small molecules for various reasons. They tend to be more specific. In the case of urokinase receptor interaction, we suspect that that's the case. They're also very high in affinity. That's also the case for these particular constructs. And so we think that our molecule has some pretty enabling properties that might accelerate its progress through clinical trials. Oh, and also I should point out that, of course, because urokinase is a clinically approved drug, I think that might also lower the bar. We know already that the side effects from urokinase in people are really related predominantly to its enzymatic activity. And because our bifunctional compounds are enzymatically inactive by virtue of the attachment of DNP or the way that we attach DNP, they shouldn't have any of those sort of thrombolytic side effects. So we're optimistic and we're certainly aiming toward uh, xenograft models in animals. Actually, those studies are currently ongoing. So hopefully we'll be able to report those results for you at some point in the future, maybe even in ACS Chemical Biology. Oh, we would welcome those papers, actually. So thanks for joining us today. My pleasure. Thank you so much for the invitation to participate. Other research highlighted in our latest issue include a paper by Kai Johnson, who provides a great new tool for imaging cellular components with super resolution. Kate Carroll's group identifies a new role for iron sulfur clusters in proteins. Collaborative work from Leslie Gunatilaka and Susan Lindquist delivers a novel approach to discovering chemotherapeutic compounds. And in a separate manuscript, James Chu and colleagues identify a novel class of inhibitor compounds against targets associated with leukemia. To learn more about our authors of the manuscripts in the current issue, please see the Introducing Our Authors section on the web. This month, we feature 13 young scientists, Ophelia Arnaud, Deviani Bave, Elena Bush, Charlotte Gauthier, Ji Young Hong, Benjamin Jossi, Wallace Liu, Michael Madonna, Alessandro Pinto, Luciana Pereira Rangel, Raghavir Sangupta, Grace Tan, and Glossio Valdemeri. Read this section and get a younger chemical biologist's perspective on their research. We continue to describe ChemBio glossary terms on the air. This month's key phrase is parvome, which encompasses small molecules produced by living organisms. For more information, please refer to the review by Julian Davies, who in fact coined the term parvum from the Latin phrase parvus, which means small. That's it for this month's show. Join us again next month for more ACS Chemical Biology highlights and interviews with our authors. To learn more about the journal, please visit us at www.acschemicalbiology.org. Thanks to all of you for listening.